Okay, Tzoraim Tov, we continue in the Sefer Sha'arim Batvilah, Parib Shimshim Pinkas And we were in the middle of the expression of prayer called Pilul. And we explained the first idea of it expresses Tveikus um, to Hashem. And you have to have a lot of emuna in that, where your mom is feeling that you're in the presence of Hashem and you're talking to Hashem. And that is the most essential aspect of prayer. Now he's going to start with the second aspect where he says it's an expression of judgment. And he says it's also a wondrous explanation of what the overall idea of prayer is besides the feeling of the connectivity to Hashem. And the idea of prayer is to judge the truth, what is the absolute truth. Because there is something called essential truth and truth and situational truth. Now, situational can mean, yeah, for a little bit of time it's true, but not essential. We'll explain. Rambam explains, for example, the Pusik says, Hashem Eloikim Emes. Hashem, God is true. What does that mean? It means that only Hashem is true. Emes amitas ha-emes, the truth to the absolute truth. And what does that mean? Everything else in this world is here because it happens to be here, because it doesn't necessarily have to be here. And therefore, the things that are here are not essential truths. For example, this table does not have to be here. The world will get along fine without this table. Oleno, some of us don't have to be here. The world will get along fine without us as well. Although there's a truth to our existence too. We have to understand what our true existence is. But it's not an ultimate truth. But Hashem must exist. There can't be anything without Hashem. That's an absolute true reality. It's not possible for that to be. What does something really true mean? It has to be this way. It has to be this way. Well, there's nothing in the world that absolutely has to be this way all the time. But uh, at this point in time, it's necessary to be here. Yeah. But not absolutely always. When we talk about Hashem, that is Mamish. He is absolute. If he's not here, there's nothing here. And that's, and that's a judgment we have to make. Because there's a lot of people who incorrectly judge. They're atheists. And they say there are no absolute truths. This is what the Rambam says. He says, and if it would come to your mind that uh, that that there are things that exist besides, even if there'd be nothing else besides Hashem here, let's say there'd be nothing, no earth, no stars, no nothing. Hashem would still be here. His being is not contingent on him making anything. Everything needs Hashem, but Hashem doesn't need any of them. So therefore, there's no truth like his truth. And that's what the Navi says, Hashem Elohim Ames. He is the only absolute truth, and there's nothing as true as Hashem. And that's what the Navi says, Enod Movado. There's nothing, now of course, there are things that are true, should be, yes, 
And for many times it is the truth. You know, you have to decide what's the truthful thing to do in this situation, what's true. But not necessarily always. And true means it's forever. Nobody's forever. Nothing's forever. Only Hashem has to be forever. So therefore, if a person wants to judge what is the truth, not just in a particular situation, but to search the depth of depth of what is absolutely true because of its absolute truth. If you're going to come to judge in this, what are you going to come to the conclusion that you're standing before God? Because Hashem is the true reality that encompasses all reality and all existence. And that's something we have to make a decision on in our mind. What do we believe in? A lot of people believe in God, but they don't believe in God as an absolute truth. They believe, you know, if God is the absolute truth, well, let's take the steps now. So what's the what's the um, quality of this truth? How far does it go? Well, for example, we have to say that God is a godol, gibor, venera, in an infinite way, which is also a truth. But God, true, absolute existence, his powers have to be true and absolute. If you think a little bit more, you'll think that you should glorify and praise Hashem because that should come out of a recognition of what the real truth is as he's inseparable from everything that happens good in this world. There should be no end to the praise that we give Hashem as there's so many realms of existence that exist because Hashem and therefore, our heart should be filled with songs and praises when we come to that truth. This is just automatic. You believe there's an absolute truth? What is that absolute? God is that absolute truth. So that means what? Everything comes from Hashem. Everything comes from Hashem. So now we should be praising and thanking Hashem for all those things. And if you're looking more for the truth, everything is coming from Hashem. And what about yourself? Okay. So if you really think about it in the truest way, if you really think about it, we all think we're amazing, we're fantastic and all these things. We really understand, we really, compared to Hashem, we're nothing. And we need absolute salvation from Hashem. And every minute you think about that, you understand that when you make a request for Hashem, you are like the impoverished one because in truth, you're not capable of doing anything. And the truth is that we are so lacking, we're so imperfect, and we need so much help from HaKadosh Baruch Hu to make us perfect. So this is all judging things truthfully. And therefore, you have to admit all the goodness that Hashem has done since the time we were born until this point that we are existing right now. And Hashem continues to give us existence and par- parnosa and pleasure. And we have to confess and admit to Hashem what this truth is. That Hashem is so benevolent in giving us all these things. And that is the truth that we should be praising Hashem for. This is all what we call a judgment call. So therefore, there's three primary levels of prayer. Number one is to arrange your praises before Hashem. Number two is to ask mercy for everything that you need. 
and to thank Hashem for your portion. And that all comes from the pack if you come to the absolute truth. If you really are looking at the, in existence in the truest way, you've got to be filled with praise of Hashem. You've got to be filled with knowing He's the only one who can give it to me when I request it. And I'm so happy for the portion that you give me. So that is really, if you don't make that judgment call, then what are you praying about? What do you say? No, no. My my strength is, is true. I'd be very, very, I get very, very nervous when I hear the Israeli army officials saying we will win this war. Our cause is just. There's no way we're gonna let Hamas gonna get away with anything. You know, guys, you know, it wouldn't hurt for you to say you can't do anything except with Hashem's help. They're not being truthful. I get very scared. So, but that's where we have to come along. We have to down the Hashem and say like this, listen, the military people by and large are idiots. Don't listen to them. Listen to us. We know, we know Israel is toast without you. They're finished. And and not only that are they finished, the leaders are stupid. The leaders are causing their own civilian uh, soldiers to die because they're more interested in the Palestinians not dying than their own soldiers dying. Is there anything as stupid as that? They, they, they should be saying smarter things. You know, you can invoke the Torah to justify everything you're doing. You could say, you know what, the Torah, we, we believe in God. And God says if someone tries to kill you, you kill him first. That's what God says. And we believe in what God says. But they can't do it because they don't believe in what God says. That's the problem. Can't use that one. So he's going to say, we will win. We are stronger. We're more determined. We're... Please don't say that. Don't force God to prove you wrong again. He's already proved you once again. He already proved you were wrong when they were able to break through and kill 1,200 people like that. Now you want him to prove you wrong again? You understand? Iran, when they go nuclear any day, it's like the whole the whole Israel will be off the map and Palestine will be off the map. So why don't you just say, God, you know what? The real truth is you're the one helping us. So that so we have to do that. At least that's what we have to say. We say Hashem, have Rahmanas on the stupid politicians. Their mom is stupid. Just have Rahmanas on them. And we're asking you, please, for all the people who know what the MS is in Eretz Israel, please, they shouldn't die. And we know that that you're the you're the real MS. See, that's the problem. The politicians don't think we have the real MS. They think we have the situational MS. Well, they butchered our families. We're entitled to take them back. But it's not from any Torah understanding. It's not from any MS la'amito. So when you understand the MS la'amito, let's be honest. Why is there people living in Israel today? Because God did miracles for so many years. For 75 years, he's done miracles. 
Just admit it. That's all you have to do. You can do everything else, but once you admit it, you can cheat. Hashem will, will cause you not to be so stupid. So that's an important point. And he goes on and says, this next point is very obvious to anyone who's got brains that are working. Right? That the, the definition of truth of everything is our surah and not our homer. What that means is not the mass that we have, but the shape of it. We'll explain. Let's say we're pointing to a table and I ask you, what is this? You will not say it's just a bunch of piece of wood and metal that were put together, even though that's exactly true. That is true. What do you see? What do I see? I see wood, I see metal, I see some wheels, I see this. Yeah, but that's not what you really see. You say, I see a table. That's the tsura. That's the shape and essence of what it really is and what a table does. Things can be put onto it, etc., etc. Even though it's true that I'm seeing wood and I'm seeing metal, but I wouldn't relate to it as that. I relate to it as a table and what a table does. That's what a person naturally does. They say, what do you see in the room? They say, I see a table. What do you mean? Don't you see wood and metal? That's not, that's not the main thing. Wood and metal doesn't do anything for me. It's a table. as a functionality. Now, let's say we put a, a cow in this room and he sees the table. He doesn't see a table. He just sees there's something there that I can't eat and I have to get around it. Why is that? Because a human being's got sacral. And he knows that the physicalness is not the main thing. It's the nature and the goal of what it's meant to do. That's how I associate to it. Well, let's say you see a car. Okay. You see a Lamborghini. Are you going to say, you know what I see? I see a red Lamborghini. You say, you know what? I see something painted red. Right? That would be the only thing you see. Right? But uh, the truth, and maybe that's what an animal will see. But the person knows this thing can move fast. I don't say, wow, it's a, a hunk of red metal, metal painted red. No, it's capable of driving. It's a car, it's a fancy car, it's not a regular car. Okay, that's, that's intellect, true intellect. What did you see there? Was that a bunch of wood, a bunch of metal. I saw this really amazing red painted metal there. So what does that mean for you? I don't know. I saw a table. I had lunch on the table. I saw a red Lamborghini. I drove it. Wow, it was amazing. So let's ask a question. If you have a straight sail, you see the heavens, you see the sun, and I ask you, what is it that you see? What is the Seicheldic answer? The Seicheldic answer is, I see something that's been created that reveals the honor of Hashem. And that's why the Mambam says in Moran Avuchim, in the ninth chapter, we call that sometimes the word Kisei, the throne. Hashemayim Kisei, the heavens is my throne, says Hashem. What does that mean? Hashem sits on the heavens. No, a throne means 
something that tells you there's somebody special who's going to use this throne. When we look at the heavens, we say there's got to be an amazing creator who created such a thing. That is the true nature of the sun. The true definition, if you have a brain, we're saying that I see something that's a source of heat. It's a constellation that shows how amazing God is that he made it. Now, this is true. And guess who knew this more than anyone else? The early idolaters. The early idolaters, they knew that this was something that had divine revelation from Hashem. They just made one little mistake. They thought we're too far away from God, so let's honor the divine revelation of Hashem. But at least they knew it was a divine revelation of Hashem today. Atheists are so stupid, they don't even see a divine revelation of Hashem. Okay. And that which the rabbi said that Moshe, when he had prophecy, he could see with a, like a clear window. That's just defining how clear his prophecy was. Because he saw everything exactly the way judgment would say what it is. He saw everything as expression of God and nothing more than that. He didn't learn honor of heaven from it. But that was the whole essence of the entire creation. The whole essence is everything manifests Hashem. And it's meant to be used in a way that um, uh, uh, relates to that manifestation of Hashem. And when we say, what do you see? Oh, I see the sun. I see the moon. It's just like you're seeing a red Lamborghini and say, I see a bunch of metal. You're not looking at the, so to speak, the soul of the item. You know, what if what if you ask the non-Jew, let's say the Chafetz Chaim came to life, sitting at this table. You ask a non-Jew, what do you see? He says, I see 40 kilograms of flesh and bones. That would not be a misrepresentation. That would be a lie. Right? How blind could you be? How, how, how distorted could you be? And if you're just saying this is wood and metal, and the sun is just a gaseous existence, it's got the, 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 the mass, but not the shape, the essence. What about a person? What do you see? I see a rational animal. That's what you see, a rational animal? That's all you see? You don't see a, a divine image over there? And therefore, when we come to the wondrous moments of prayer, when a person has to stand before God and judge and establish what is really true and what is the essence of the world and what is man connected to, in those moments of prayer, you have a chance of what we call a a clear vision. You could see the world for what it really is. To see the honor of Hashem and the wondrous praises to say, and to say with your mouth that which your heart sees. That everything, its essence, isn't true unless it's some way revealing the glorious honor of Hashem in this world. And therefore, somebody, if you're really seeing things, you'll burst out. 
your heart at these true moments. And that's really tefillah, an expression of judgment. All the service of the heart and all the realities and everything we ask and praise, it's all the fruits of our recognizing what the real truth is. It's a judgment. You're looking at a situation, tefillah means, and I have to judge the situation. So what am so what I'm talking about the world to God? I'm saying this is all your manifestation, Hashem. So when you're asking for things, are you asking for things, or are you asking for a particular manifestation of Hashem, and that should be used in a certain way? Which brings us to the final part and probably the most important part. Gemara Brachas says when a person goes out for uh, 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 to travel, the expression they says is, Himlech bekon take counsel with your creator and then leave. What does that mean? The Gemara says, that's Tefillah Saderach, that's the wayfarer's prayer. Very interesting. It's not you say the wayfarer's prayer, take counsel with your creator and then leave. What does that mean? So it's a wonderful concept that the Gemara is saying about this idea of take counsel, take advice. And really, davening really is taking great advice. Well, here's an example that's used for a true story. You know, in the Mir Yeshiva way long ago was the great Mashkiach Rabbi Yerucham Lovovitz. And there were times when Bachrim would have to go out of town. Let's say they have to go to Warsaw. For whatever reason. If it's maybe a doctor, passports, face, whatever, whatever you need. Or maybe you just want to uh, see the zoo. <laughs> okay. So before you so let's say one of the better boys, for whatever reason, he had to go to Warsaw. So he prepares himself to leave. But you know, before you leave, you go to your Rebbe, you go to the Mashkiach, and you ask him for a blessing. I'm leaving, I'm going for a couple weeks to Warsaw. Please give me a blessing. Now, Rabbi Rucham his his room, his office, was on the top floor of the yeshiva. So what do you do? So you have to go up the stairs, one floor, two floors, three floors, till you get to the top. So when he gets to the first floor, he stops. This is a true story. He asks himself, what am I going to tell the mashkiach when he asks, why are you going? Why do you have to go to Warsaw? What am I going to tell him? So he thinks of something to say. He goes to the next floor. He stops. What am I going to tell the mashkiach when he asks me, why am I going? And every few steps he stops. What am I going to say? Okay, now he's coming to the door. He now has to knock on the door. He turns around and he says, you know what? I already understand that I don't really have to go to Warsaw. Well, that's a true story. It's wondrous and so true. When a person is preparing to go somewhere, you take advice from a big person who can really analyze it and critically uh, tell you what he thinks about that idea. And therefore, you know he's going to ask you questions. You better have a good answer. And then when you see, you know what, what I thought was a good answer isn't so good because I was really thinking about it. 
there's all kinds of stories like this. You know, sometimes you could say, well, my, my, my parents are sick. I want to visit them. Depends who the boy is. There's all kinds of stories where they said, don't go because the Sutton is trying to stop you from learning. And it's the only way he's going to stop you. No, don't go. Well, that's not so easy. But if you really think about it, Emmis, do I really have to go? Is it really that important? Now, sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. But the question is, do you really have to do this? Okay. Because what's he doing? Before you go on a trip, take counsel. The one who gives you counseling can be brutally honest and will help you see the truth. We have biases. So that's the same idea when it comes to any kind of prayer. Okay. You have to know, you know, what else is involved when you're praying. And part of that is take counsel with your creator. Okay. And therefore, when you're praying and you want to be honest, so let's say you're praying like this. Let's say you're deciding that you should go to Warsaw. So you say, Hashem, I need to go to Warsaw. Help me with my path because I have to do this and this. Right? But then he thinks, wait a minute, Hashem Elohim MS. You can't fool God. God knows what's really true. Wait a minute. Why should God help me? Is it really that important what I need to do? Is it that important I should stop my learning and stop other things? So when you're, the whole idea is to reflect that's why when we talk about tefillah, we say lehispalel, which is a reflexive verb. It's an action you do to yourself. You're, you're looking for the truth from Hashem, and you know Hashem is the truth. There is no other reality but Hashem. So who best to ask advice from than Hashem? Oh, but, but he's not going to give me the answer. Just hold on a minute. The boy didn't have to wait for Rabbi Yerucham Lavavus to say an answer. He knew what Rabbi Yerucham was going to ask him. And he knew what he'd have to answer. And he knows that it's not appropriate. So now you're thinking, okay, God is the creator of the world. He can do everything. He can do anything. It's all in his power. God gave me a Torah. God gave me priorities in life. And I feel I have to go to Warsaw. And I'm doubting that Hashem make sure the trip goes well to Warsaw. But I'm going to talk to Hashem. Hashem's going to ask me a few questions. Maybe not now, but sometime he's going to ask me. What do you really have to go to Warsaw for? Was that important? And therefore, you know, same idea. We talked about it in the Parsha class. First wants to go on vacation during this war. So you're going to pray to God, oh, Hashem, please help that uh, the trip doesn't get canceled. <laughs> My trip to the Orient doesn't get canceled. Maybe she takes some advice from God. God, what do you think? Should I go? She says, what do you think? Do you have kids giving up their lives every day on the front line? Are you so, like, ambivalent to what's going on over here? And let's take it a step further. Let's say legitimately it's something that you really need to do. So if you really do, but how much emphasis, how much effort do you make? Let's say, okay, you've worn your suit is worn out. You gotta buy a new suit. Okay, you're entitled to buy a new suit. It's been five years. The suits are ready. You gotta buy a new suit. Okay. Now, does that mean you go to three or four or five stores to buy the suit? 
You're going to try 10 suits on until you get it? Maybe you pray and say, Hashem, help me not waste so much time. Not help me find the nicest suit. Help me not waste any time. You know? Oh, Hashem, make sure I get a really fancy suit and everyone will turn their head and notice that I have a fancy suit. Wait a minute. They should take some advice from God. Is that what you should be doing? Maybe, and uh, maybe it's something you shouldn't. And here's the main point. Would you be ashamed to tell God to help you with this? See, so in every area of life, you're not feeling well. You say, Shem, please give me good health. Then you ask yourself, well, what, 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 what would Hashem say if you heard me do that? He's going to say, well, I'd love to give you good health, but you know what you do when you're healthy? You do a lot of favors. <laughs> Now let's think for a minute. Someone's praying that Hashem should bring peace to Israel. I'm just speaking out loud. Yeah. Hashem's listening. I said, let me understand. When there's peace in Israel, you have gay parades in Yerushalayim, and you know I hate that. It'd be better you guys would be dead. Then you wouldn't have a parade. Believe me, the Muslims don't do it. Not Iran. As wicked as Iran is. <laughs> That's what's so foolish. These trans people are pro-Palestinian. They're morons. <laughs> the Palestinians get in power. The first ones they're killing are the trans before the Jews. So we're saying, God, God protect. What do you mean, God protect us? So then maybe, maybe you say, okay, you know what? It really is a chutzpah for me to ask that. So you know what? If we survive this war, we'll cancel all gay parades in the country. Now you're judging yourself. That's what's so critical. You're taking advice. You're going on a trip, the trip of prayer. And Hashem is saying, you're praying to me that I should help you. So what's the MS? What's the MS? Now let's be honest. Can you protect yourself honestly? No. Who's the one who can protect you? You, Hashem. Okay. Do you want to be close to me or not? No. Well, you want to be close to me, then good night. Get out of here. Oh, yeah, I do want to be close to you. Well, you want to be close to me? You're going to do those uh, those gay parades? You know how much I hate them. Eh, it's just some rabbis who say that. You don't hate it. You're very liberal-minded. God says, show me in my Torah where I'm liberal-minded. What's a bigger... Here's not a question. What's the bigger Chalul Hashem? Ah, that's an interesting question. If God forbid the Jews get wiped out, that's for sure a Hashem. Jews being instrumental, having a million people have a gay parade in Shalayim, that's a Hashem. Only Hashem knows what the answer is. I won't dare answer the question. One thing's for sure, neither one is good. Which is less of a Hashem. The Holocaust gave us one answer. Six million died, but it was a bigger Chil Hashem to not do anything. When the Jews said, we really don't believe in God, we'll baptize ourselves. And they did. And they were shocked. Why are you killing us? We baptized ourselves. But you see what kind of Chil Hashem? You don't believe in God? You're the chosen people. You got to believe in God. So we're praying to Hashem. So we got to understand, what's the MS? What's the real MS? 
and we and we have to come and this will feed right into tomorrow's topic, which is tachanunim, asking for free gifts. So this is what the real core of pilul is. To want to be so connected to Hashem and to be so honest with Hashem, if you're brutally honest, your requests will take a different shape. And you really will ask for things. Why? So that you can bring out Kavod Hashem. And if it's not going to bring out Kavod Hashem, you're not interested in it. And that's what we have to be doubting. How is God's Kavod Hashem going to be served in this war? And that's what we have to really think about. We have to be honest with ourselves. How is that going to come out? Yeah, so it would be come out if Siddhav and Hashem have all the secular Jews become religious. That's what you're talking for. Have them say, you know, we got to change our attitude. That's what we have to talking for. To save them alone is not going to be that helpful. But to bring Kavod Shemayim. Yeah, part of that is Kavod Shemayim. Make sure we win the war but not win the war to continue to do these terrible things. Hashem, you'll have to make us win the war in a way that the secular Zionists will withdraw from their position. And that's what we're praying for, and hopefully Hashem will answer it. Okay, shkayach.